Welcome to Going Back, a rewatch podcast about the television show Lost, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Olivia Hydar. Hey, everybody, welcome to Going Back, a Lost rewatch podcast. I'm Adam Todd Brown. And I'm Olivia Hydar. That makes us your hosts. Olivia, season finale. Season finale time. Season finale of Lost and yes. the Lost Podcast. Yes, indeed. This is exciting. We I'm, made it. I'm very excited. I This is, I mean, like, look, I love season one of Lost, but I started watching with season two, and so it's kind of my favorite part of the series and i love i do like the finale even though i think maybe they played it a little wrong i think at at the very end they they underestimated how much people wanted to know it was in the goddamn match yeah i actually in re-watching it it's not my favorite season finale no. of all time no i think you're right like i want it in that hatch this is the thing and i think they make up for it because the season two premiere fucking owns it's such a good episode of television and so like i think narratively it ends up working especially when since we're watching it and rewatch there's not the same weight you know we don't have to wait a year yeah watch season two we can wait just a few days or whatever yeah, we should start recording the next season. I mean, I really want to watch that. Yeah, episode. I want to. I want to get through these <laughs> but, episodes. But I do like. I don't know. I just have such nostalgia for this era of Lost. I like a lot of the things of the finale, but it is definitely showing that the writers' ambitions had like they had found the limit of their season one storytelling. They didn't have any more season one stories to tell. They were ready to move on to the next phase right. of the story. And they, I think, just got a little anxious with it. I'm just glad they wrapped up Kate's toy airplane storyline oh so cleanly that, and neatly. And I don't know. We'll have to have, we'll have to maybe have a ranking at the end of the worst flashback scenes. Oh, sure. Uh, but like that's that, that one kind of stinks. <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll talk about it more in detail yeah. when we get to that part, but God, the way that is cop explains that robbery makes Kate sound like a cold blooded murderer. Yeah. Well, and like, also she sounds like a trash person and like a lunatic. Yes. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I've talked before about my issues with Kate's whole backstory problem. Yeah. And they obviously don't resolve it in the in the finale because they can't. Right. And they don't resolve it until, I think, season five? I want to say season five? It takes a while. Uh, it takes a while. <laughs> which is basically the last season of normal flashbacks right so you know i think it was a mistake for the mystery to be what she did because then the mystery that they have to solve in that scene and i mean i guess we're just talking about it but like is the mystery the only mystery that they can solve in that scene is why did she give such of a shit about that toy <laughs> airplane and they right. don't do a convincing job yeah. of it i still don't give a shit about that toy airplane after hearing it <laughs> I'm just glad it's done. <laughs> that's it. I think that's the end of the toy airplane. Here's hoping. 
So let's dive in. This is a three-part finale. Yes, that's three episodes. That's important. But aired over two weeks. Right. They aired Exodus Part One, and then a week later they aired the two-part Exodus Two and Three. Right. Yeah. There's a there's a to be continued in yeah. between two and three, but not in between one and two. Right. And two and three feel like a cohesive whole. Right. But I understand naming the first episode Exodus Part 1 because it kind of feels like when a new story arc starts in an anime where all of a sudden like a, just a new like the, a character will come in and be like by the way we this is the most important conflict right now and that's what we've got to deal with for the rest of this uh, season. Yeah, there's lots of flashbacks. Yes. Over the course of these episodes, almost everyone Except I don't Locke doesn't well no Locke, not everyone. Locke does. Locke does. Yeah, no, everyone basically gets a gets a day before or day of the flight. Oh yeah, Locks is flashback. really sad. Yeah, Locks is Locks is sad. And the first one we get is Michael and Walt. Yes. They're in a hotel in Australia. Yeah. Walt is watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers like a real weirdo. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure it was Power Rangers Turbo, or it might have been even Ninja. Um, I don't know the difference. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> just... <laughs> I have no idea. No clue. <laughs> Michael asks him to turn it down, and Walt turns it up instead. And yeah. He's doing all that. You're not my father. Move. Business. He is. Yeah, he's talking about Brian. And, yeah, he's he's like, he's trying to get Michael arrested out in that hallway. Yeah, that was... Uh, alarming that that scene was really frightening <laughs> yeah yeah that could have gone sideways really bad yeah walt, for michael walt runs out into the hallway and starts screaming no i don't want to go you're not my dad <laughs> yikes and people like come out into the hallway and stuff i'm like i don't know how you punish that i like i'm there's a reason i'm not a parent and it's because if that happened to me i don't know that i could respond how to respond like yeah I apparently, as a kid, once I think I was maybe like three or four, according to my mom. Yeah, my I don't remember what I did, but it wasn't like anything serious. But I just came running up to my dad, and we were in public. I think we were in like a grocery store or a restaurant, and there was a cop nearby. And I just go running up to my dad, going, "Don't beat me, Dad! Don't beat me!" <laughs> Rude. Kids are rude. Yeah, I would say that's kind of rude. Kids, yeah, I would say bad move. Kids are very rude. Uh, so, meanwhile, back on the island, Walt wanders off into the jungle to take a piss, and uh-oh, here comes Russo. Yep. And she just comes walking into camp like she owns the place. Yeah, I do like this moment of her like kind of being like, what the fuck is all of this? Yeah. <laughs> And also, it seems mutual because everyone's yeah. watching her walk in. Like, what's happening? Yeah. Well, and, and look, and and I love Russo. She's I love her as a character, but she is, you know, an unusual. If she wandered into my camp, I might keep an eye on her. Yeah. I mean, she's good with a gun, and that's well, always concerning. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Saeed manages to calm everyone down so they can hear her out. Right. She's got a message. The others are coming. Yeah. Lost. Uh-oh. Ah, love it. I do like it. It's a fun setup, but it is like all of a sudden out of nowhere now, the only thing that matters right now are the others. Right. Like, we got to deal with this. This is a crisis. This is all hands on deck, you know? Yeah, it is. You know, it's like the aliens landing. 
right. you know, humanity has to come but, together. But no one knows what the who who or what the others even are. <laughs> we just know that they're others. But she she's given some clues. <laughs> she is. She says she knows them by their black their pillar of black smoke. She says you can run, hide, or die. Yeah. Those are the options Which, she gives everyone. I would try to find another option. Well, I mean, judging from how Ethan dog-walked Jack that, that time. That is fought. true. But, like, maybe Ethan is just, like, a thick boy. Like, he's just, like, <laughs> you know, he's just beefy. He works out a lot. He's the only one he's that the, can fight. Yeah, he's the... and. I mean, it might be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are a bunch of scientists. Because I don't know, like... Spoiler. Spoiler, I don't know that there's any real explanation for why he was so incredibly strong, other than he likes to binge. <laughs> yeah. He's just swole. Yeah, he's just swole. Nothing else to it. Yep. He's Tom Cruise's cousin. Of course, he's, like, oh, a superhuman. Right. So, now Michael's really motivated to get that gigantic boat he's built out onto the ocean right so they can make their escape well and also in the last episode dr arts was introduced saying that there was going to be a big weather front moving in and so time was of the essence right dr arst is a, a big character in these couple of episodes <laughs> he sure is and i mean this is a mild spoiler if you're just listening to this I mean, come episode on. <laughs> but like the minute he showed up i was like that guy's dying well this is part at some point this episode i was i found very interesting like it does feel like they're probing it different ways that they can introduce fresh blood into the cast because i think they've realized by the end of the first season that one, they've got this 10-year-old fucking kid on the show, and the, it's supposed to take place over a few days, and they're about to jump jump ahead. He's going to grow so much. Right. And two, like, oh, no, we only have this set number of people who we know have survived, and that has to limit what our cast is. And so in this episode, we have the introduction of Anna Lucia, later on right. who will play a huge role in try in the effort of introducing new characters and we also get Dr. Arst who's like another way of like bringing forward one of the background guys and they do this a few times and yeah. we've had Steve and Scott there's a Scott and Steve joke in one of the episodes there is yeah too. I don't remember which one I still don't remember which one died yeah I don't remember I think it was was it Walt and Sawyer were talking well, yeah, it might have been. Yeah, it was, and, because they're reading the letters. And, yeah, Sawyer says something about, Scott's dead, he doesn't care. And Walt's yeah. like, that was Steve. <laughs> yeah. Or one of the, or the yeah, opposite. Yeah, or the other way around. No one knows. <laughs> but uh, You could go watch it again now, and it'd be different. But, yeah, like, different I, order. I do admire the efforts, and there we will get into their further attempts at this later on. Uh, in further seasons of this show and Lost, their efforts to bring forward members of the background cast right into the into the main group, and I like that as a as a storytelling concept, even when they don't take as ongoing characters. Well, it seems like the smartest way to introduce new characters because that all points there are just so many people milling yeah, around exactly in but, the background but every time they've tried it it hasn't it didn't yeah. work like with the most famous coming later uh in the third season oh boy uh, which is an episode I, I that's a thing i love but anyway yeah so before they can get 
the boat out onto the ocean. For one thing, Sawyer seems to have broken something, and a big argument breaks out sure. over that. And that ends up kind of playing into Sawyer's right. flashbacks and his storyline throughout yeah, this episode. There, there's drama. It's like that he got the boat off the rail or something. Yeah. It like got moved. And so before they can get too far into it, though, they see mm-hmm. a plume of smoke off in the distance. Right. Uh-oh. Yeah. So now they start trying to figure out how to hide from the others because that's what Russo said. You'll know them from their big plume of smoke. Right. But is that the big black plume of smoke that mm. she meant? Mm, is it? Is the question. Spoiler alert. It's not. It's not. No, it's a different pillar of smoke that she made. Yes. Skip ahead, but. <laughs> <laughs> they also show her the hatch. Yes. Yeah, I like that. I always like whenever a new person is brought in on the mythology yeah. of the show and she's like, I've never, I've never seen anything like this. This is weird. Yeah. It reminds me of from which yes. I think is coming back soon for it, season two. I believe it is coming back this year. Uh, so good. That show is so good. This well, is, I think we should cover that as like bonus content. I would be into this it is up for free. Like this was our like kind of part of the impetus of, starting the lost show was like you recommended me from and from which is the name of the show and i'm sorry it's a bad title it's a weird name yeah. and it's really hard to say and to like explain but it's f-r-o-m and it is now on i guess what's M- on mgm plus or yeah who knows it's whatever epic what used to be show? it's not epics anymore because epics is now something mgm yeah uh which is a great just like google it and then yeah make your way to the watch it section harold perrineau who plays michael is on it and uh jack bender uh who is a director of many lost episodes directed several episodes of that series as well and it is one of the closest that a show has come to doing the lost thing again. It doesn't have flashbacks, really. It has a couple flashbacks. Oh, but it's got some flashbacks. It has flashbacks, but they're not the structure of the series in the way that lost flashbacks. Right. Like lost, the flashbacks are integral. Like you can't, you have to have some sort of movement in time. Right. Whereas not every episode of From has a flashback, but like the, but the idea of people being thrown together by mysterious circumstances and forming communities and trying to figure out what's going on and yeah. engaging with or not engaging with the mysterious elements of yeah, said that's, society. That's the thing. You brought up them introducing Russo to the hatch yeah. and introducing new people to exactly. the mythology. And that's my favorite part of From. It's so fun. Is whenever a new person shows up and they have to sit them down and be like, yeah, this is going to sound crazy. Right. I love that stuff. you're stuck here for the rest of your life. Yeah, and like as Lost goes on, those scenes, I think, get more fun because as the mythology mounts up, the thing that has to be explained is so insane that it becomes a fun little character scene to watch somebody try to juggle with it. Yeah. And, you know, so I think I I just love that. Man, From is so good. From is great. Probably going to rewatch that season yeah i've seen it twice already and i I think i'll watch it again before i really liked it 
Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, if yeah, if you fucking, like Lost, you should watch yeah. from. Don't expect it's not a tropical island. It's a like rust, like a town in the middle of like no one knows, no where one knows, but like some anonymous American town that you just get to by accident. Yeah, and uh, once you get there, you're stuck, and then at night things try to kill you. Yes, and that's the whole setup. And it obviously there's other stuff going on but it's much more about like lost the character dynamics and uh it's just just great it was really good it was such a fun little surprise yeah i i to this day don't i mean i guess i saw from the makers of lost and i like harold perrino and that's why i watched it i guess but yeah i probably wouldn't be mostly because the title is from yeah, it's a weird title, and prob- it's on a weird network. It w- yeah, it would have taken me a while to get to it if you hadn't given me the suggestion. I'm really glad I jumped in. Yeah. So, so anyway, flashback islands. Hey, yeah. Jack is getting hammered in an airport lounge. Sure. He's as, having drinks. As one does of before course. you fly, of course. When Michelle Rodriguez, who I love. Oh, and she, this is this is early Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. I love her so much. She she shows up and starts hammering him with questions about his dad and his yeah. predicament. And I remember this moment uh, from when I rewatched the episode for this podcast and being like, oh, yeah, she is on Lost. Yeah, I was very... I had forgotten that she is introduced so early. I thought she wasn't introduced until the second season, but I love that we're getting a little glimpse and it's a great actress who's just popped in. So you're good. And she's just becoming famous in the fast and furious. But I think she was, yeah, she was famous enough that when you see her, you're like, Oh, she's going to be on the show. She pops. And like, she obviously her character has like a thing and she just very obviously is like, this is a person who has a personality. And then she's like, yeah, I'm in the back by the landing gear. And you're like, oh, oh. she was on the tail section. Okay. And that's like your, that's the first, other than Rose being insistent that Bernard is alive. That's really the only other indication that you get that the tail section might not be totally lost. Where they've been keeping Rose lately. Yeah, she hasn't been on very much. <laughs> I've really been surprised. I used to, like, I consider Rose a major character. Yeah, yeah. But and I guess just it's just... disappears. It must just be cumulative over the course of the series because she's not in much of the first season. No. But I love really her. She, is. But she makes an impression every single time. Every time they have a Rose scene, it rules. And we're saying this because, unfortunately, there's not a Rose scene in the finale, really. Yeah. So back on the island, Sawyer is uh, – he's wanting to help Michael fix the boat. Right. And Michael refuses. Mm-hmm. And – you get the sense that Sawyer's feeling a little useless yeah. and unwanted, which ties into his flashback mm-hmm. where he's being deported from Australia. Yeah. And I don't, I guess I don't expect Australian immigration authorities to be like friendly, but they're really going in on Sawyer. Yeah. They're like, you're a stain. You are useless. We are deporting you. Yeah, he. It's it's definitely a very, and it's not like it's not like he's being officially deported with paperwork. It's just this one cop being like, I don't ever want to see you back in Australia, right? Ever. 
<laughs> and like to be fair sawyer is a con man who just murdered an innocent man correct so he maybe deserved a little bit of a tongue lashing <laughs> perhaps but yeah i would say the guy was being really aggressive and also fuck cops it's not like him yeah fuck that so but that was cool because we did see we in an earlier flashback someone else's flashback we had seen sawyer getting dragged in and uh and he we saw him break the mug which yeah. sh- which the cop shows him right as being repaired that has his like kids picture on it (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then back on the real island just out of nowhere sawyer and jack (sighs) have such a tender television moment this is top 20 at least best scenes in the entire series because yeah you you don't see it coming (sighs) no but like Sawyer's getting ready to leave on the raft and Jack is like saying is good. He's giving him a gun to be like, look, you're the only person on that raft who knows how to use a gun. So yeah. You should probably have it. And uh, here's one for Walt. Too. And you can see Josh Holloway is so good. Josh Holloway and Matthew Fox in this scene are incredible. Yes. And you could just see on his face that he's like he's fighting with himself of like. Do I say anything? I'm never going to see this fucking guy ever again, probably. And like he comes out and tells him a story, his the story about which we saw in the flashback, which is so good of him meeting Jack's dad. So we're learning that he knows that it was Jack's dad. And like and Jack is like obviously on the verge of tears. And it's so good. Yeah, like I'm on the verge of tears thinking about it. I know, it's such an emotional scene. It's such a good TV It is, and it's such a great like culmination of that part of Jack's character arc. Right, and Sawyer's. And Sawyer's, absolutely. Yeah, and their relationship. Like, Jack is finally coming to terms with his dad's death and, like, his conflicting emotions over that. Sawyer is owning up to being a human being for the first time and who knows how long (laughs) and like finally deciding to try being a good person for once in his goddamn life. And then they're like, they have this like tenuous mutual respect. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. (sighs) What a great scene. But then we pivot pivot in Kate's toy airplane story. That's the next seen on like i'm sure i think there was a commercial but like god yeah and like did i hear this cop correctly that kate orchestrated this whole bank robbery yeah that did end with her murdering someone essentially or shooting someone yeah yeah like a I bad mean, guy but sure yeah a bad guy but she still yeah shot a motherfucker she to, did to death she's she's yeah she's killed people all in the name of just getting the toy airplane she didn't take any of the money she just wanted that fucking toy airplane i think the show the writers clearly think like that makes it a little better and (laughs) it absolutely does not it makes it fucking unhinged lunatic behavior makes it worse it's so much worse that's just crazy person shit this whole subplot is just it's just a total mess it's the one of the biggest whiffs of the season, I would say. Yeah. It be because it's just it's such a clear victim of the show in the beginning just throwing a bunch of shit at the wall and being like, is this a mystery? Is this a mystery? Is this a mystery? And then 
as the season went on, we've been able to see, like, they've just honed in on the mysteries from the season that are actually interesting to carry forward. And the whole time, this fucking toy airplane thing has been struggling (laughs) behind as as they're trying to get through this fucking funnel. (laughs) Like, it's so sad. Kate deserves better. She does. At least she did back then before she was all weird and anti-vax. Kate deserves better. (laughs) Evangeline Lilly, whatever. True. So back on the island, everyone's getting ready to launch the raft except for Jack, Locke, Kate, Hurley, and the guy who said they should have already launched the raft, who we find out is named Arst. Yeah, Arst, A-R-Z-T. And he will not tell Hurley his first name. No. Which, I like that. Which is fair. Hurley's not telling him his first name. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which there is, I don't know if I have it in the notes, but there's a really good moment when they get out on the raft and it might even be in a later episode. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Sawyer's reading everyone's notes and he goes, who the hell is Hugo? <laughs> yes. And how does he have $168 million to leave his mom? Yeah, I love that. So they are all going to go look for the dynamite that right. they hope will open up the hatch. Russo says it's at a place that she'll only describe as the Black Rock, which is in the Dan- not it's, the danger zone because that would yeah. be <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it I think it's like death zone or something it's uh, damn it I, I have forgot it somewhere I'm sorry no Let it me... doesn't really matter because it's not like it is it's just like Rousseau's crazy naming but oh yeah I don't we'll come to it at some point yeah in the notes so, yeah, I took to calling them Team Dynamite. Yes. Oh, and I think this is when, when they're going off. This is where we get the debut of one of my favorite pieces of Lost music, which is the X. Like, I think of it as like the adventure theme where it's like, boom, 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 boom. That's whenever they're like going off on a trek. To go somewhere crazy, like, that music kicks in. I fucking love it. Yeah. uh, Michael Giacchino is is the composer for the series. And, I mean, there's a reason why he's now a composer for the biggest, like, movies on the planet. And it's because... Mostly he's good. Sometimes he sucks, but like, like this, the, all of his music for Lost fucking owns. Yeah. So Team Dynamite, they head off into the jungle. Russo decides to share a story with everyone about a guy who like lost his arm. Yeah. This is where he all, this guy lost his arm. Trying to take like the exact same journey they're about to take. Right. And Arst decides... Nope. Fuck it. Yeah, I don't I don't care because he was coming along because he's like, I promise you that woman does not know how to handle that dynamite. Right. You're going to look it's, for it, and neither do any of you. Yeah. It's basically Sorcerer. Have you ever seen the, the film Sorcerer? I don't think so. I, I, uh, it's about a uh, it's a William Friedkin movie. It's about a, a, a bunch of people transporting dynamite through the jungle. And the entire movie is just like, is the fucking, are they going to fucking blow up? And like, they'll just cut to like a little play stick of dynamite and like, there's so much tension. <laughs> that sounds extremely like my kind of it shit. It rules. It rules. So he, he heads off, but then shortly thereafter, I love this scene. He just comes sprinting oh, yeah, back. This is fun. 
terrified just telling everyone to run. Yeah. And he's getting chased by the smoke monster. Yes. Oh, I want to say real quick that Arst is played by Daniel Roebuck, who is, I think, a really lovely character actor. And I'm always, ever since, Lost was definitely the first thing that I noticed him in. And ever since, I've always been happy to see him pop up and stuff. Yeah. And he plays this part well. I love it. He just is, it's a, it's a classic Han running around the corner and then running back screaming. Yes. I just love, it's a good gag. He comes running the other way and it's the smoke monster. He's telling everyone to run and most everyone does, but Mm. Locke. Yeah. As a professional smoke monster tracker (laughs) can tell it's running the other way. Right. Everything calms down and we we should say we're saying smoke monster although we don't really see it at all in this episode we see some smoke and smoky objects but we don't ever see this is not when we are having the full monster reveal but Locke also is like an island acolyte and he thinks of the smoke monster as like a benevolent force that is like he called it like the eye of the island when he looked at it the last time right and so he seems to be under, like, he has this false impression of it as being docile when he's proven wrong. Meanwhile, Walt is getting ready to head off on the raft and, of all people, offers to let Shannon take Vincent. Yeah, that was also a really sweet scene. Yeah, it's a really sweet scene, even though she's like, well, why me? And he's like, someone's going to take care of your ass. <laughs> Kidding me? It's nice, though. It is. It's very sweet. It's nice. Poor Shannon. Yeah, you really, like, your heart really goes out to Shannon in that moment. And then, uh uh-oh, here comes her flashback. (laughs) And here comes old Shannon. Oof. Oh, boy. (laughs) Where she and Boone are arguing about him, like, not being able to get them. That's your first bad sign. Into first class. Yeah. And before they're having that argument, Saeed walks up to her. Yes. And is like, we watch my luggage. I've got to go do something. We watch my luggage. Yeah. The exact thing you're not supposed to do. At right. The sure. I mean, he and should look as an as a Middle Eastern man. He should in, in 2004. <laughs> he probably should have known better. Correct. Speaking from some experience yeah but and and he's darker skinned than i am and so like he should have known but then she is a total fucking bitch right in the midst of their argument for seemingly no reason yeah just something about i don't even remember what the what the prompt was yeah she just goes to like a gate agent or something yeah. like that walks away from saeed's luggage which when that happened like well, they, they were walking away she, they walked away immediately like as soon as boone came over right they just she just got up and walked away without even thinking like i don't think she even looked at the yes yeah. <laughs> and just walks up to like a gate agent or something and is like uh, an Arab man left his luggage and walked away. Like, calls him an Arab man. Some Arab guy or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It sucked. And she's she was being racist. She was being <laughs> super duper racist. And I love Shannon and I like her character arc. And oof, that was a tough reminder of how she has grown on the island in some ways. She's still on the path, <laughs> as they say. So Team Dynamite finds Black Rock. Yes. That's a cool moment. Yeah. Because you're like, 
I don't know. I guess everyone was probably just imagining that it was going to be like a big ass black rock. Yeah. Maybe like a monolith or something. Yeah. And they find it and you see them looking up at it and then they show you what it is and it's a fucking ship. It's a big old wooden ship. In the middle of the jungle. Uh, yeah, it rules. It's cool. It's one of the better locations on the island. Yeah. It, they you know, Spoiler alert. It's not the first time. I'm not the last time they go to the Black Rock, but. No. And, oh boy, wait. Wait until they go inside that Black Rock. I love it. I love it. Oh. Such a good location. Great idea. And it is one of those things where they kind of have a small conversation about, like, how did it get there? And, like, Rousseau is very mystic about it, and Arst is like, a a, a tsunami could have washed it inland. Yeah. You know, like, it's just canny enough that you can be like, I guess I could think of a normal reason why. Yeah, I mean, they're on an island. They're on an island, but then there's also been the plane. Like, this is the whole thing. Like, all of a sudden, now there's, like, a, a lot of weird things stacking up. Yeah. This episode is so full of, like, tearjerker moments. There's yeah. this stuff with Sun and Jen where he's about to go off on the raft. Mm-hmm. So she makes him that, like, translation of sailing terms. I love that. Book. So uh, sweet. And that... they, like, kind of reconcile over that. Yeah. It's very nice. It, it is. It's a really good scene. It's a nice contrast with the scene where Sun has to pretend she doesn't speak English when the American couple is being very racist. God, really racist. With her sitting like and, five feet away. And like, Jin is being a dick in this scene. It, it, again, like, yeah. it, it is, I like the idea here of, let's go back to before the show began. Like, right before the show began. Yeah. Like, like, right before the pilot and see, you know, just... Kind of get the contrast of, like, look how far you as the audience have come with these characters. Right. Like, your relationship to these people has really changed so much since your first impression of them. And I think that's really effective, even if scenes on their own aren't as... And again, and like Kate, like the problem with Kate's is that it's not like she doesn't have character development in her back flashbacks. Yes. And we see Jin being the dick that he was. But we also get a reminder of why he was like that with the in- encounter with the white guy who speaks Korean. Oh, in the yeah. Bathroom. I think did is that, that in this episode? I don't know that if that's in, in part two this or episode, three. But yeah, he has a confrontation with a guy in the bathroom. I love that are not expecting is going to start speaking Korean to Jin. At least. And, and he's and, speaking scary Korean. And to my American, I don't speak Korean ears, it sounded like he was doing it pretty well. Yeah. Like, I I mean, I'm married There was to no a, hesitation. I'm married to a Korean woman. Yeah. And it sounded authentic to there you me go. in my limited understanding of the language. <laughs> uh. He was fucking scary, that was for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get to him. This episode, speaking of tear jerkers, ends with them pushing the raft into the ocean. And Vincent is like, shit, you're leaving me with this Shannon lady? And he gets in the ocean and tries to swim. And it reminds me of, there was this viral video where someone like dropped this husky just at the side of a highway. And got back in their car and drove off. And the dog, like, chases the car for a little bit at the end. And it's, I hate that I even brought it up. It's one of the saddest things. Don't Google it. 
Don't like go home and look it up. Why would I? Yeah, it's oh, it's the saddest. That's thing. so sad. But there was actually someone from like a animal rescue who happened to be there <sighs> and was like filming it and like pick the dog up. That's so and, sad. Oh my god. Yeah, very sad. Lost. <laughs> That's the end of episode one. Man. Of yeah. Exodus. That's good. It was a. It's a pretty good episode. Yeah. And so now part two, we're still at the Black Rock. Right. And Russo informs everyone the explosives are in the hold of the ship. Yeah. Everyone goes in to look around, mm-hmm. except Hurley and Arst. Yeah. Who stay and outside. Me, if I were there. Right. Yeah. I would not go <laughs> in that ship. I would go to it and be like, oh, wow, that's yeah. cool. Neat. No, thank you. No. Lost. <laughs> it happens pretty early in this episode. But uh-oh, inside... The Black Rock. Yeah. Slaves. Yeah, it was a slave ship. It was a slave ship. <laughs> it's just funny when you find out which character, not funny, but which character in the end was, yeah, nothing. Anyway, these are these are later lost thoughts. I'm just thinking <laughs> about the fact that Americans have a very specific image of slave ship in their minds. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> So they get the box of explosives outside and Arst starts lecturing them about what happens to dynamite when it gets hot, which uh, it sweats nitroglycerin. Yes, that's true. Record. That's what it does. And Arst doesn't know this because he's a science teacher. He just watched Sorcerer, like I just said. <laughs> Every single second of this scene, you're just waiting for this man to explode. Yep. And of course he does. Absolutely. It's one of the most iconic moments of the first season. And it's done so well because, like, you kind of hit a point where you're like, oh, okay, so he's not going to. Right. And that's when he fucking explodes. And I like that having watched it multiple times now, like, I see where he fucked up. Like, I see the moment where he he handled it incorrectly. He, like, swings his arm out to the side right at the split second. Right. Before it goes. Yeah, it's it's good TV. It rules. Because you know it's coming and it's still. Yeah. It's going to make you jump every time. It's so iconic that it comes back as a, a memory for the other people later on in the series multiple times. Yeah, why the fuck would you <laughs> like, yeah, watch I the guy blow up? I'm going to remember the guy who exploded in front of me. So we already talked about this moment, but it actually happens early oh. in episode two. Yeah, I watched all of these just in a row, obviously. So back on Flashback Island, it's Sun and Jin at the airport again, mm-hmm. but now Jin heads off to the bathroom right and we follow him and there's this guy yeah in the bathroom Mm -hmm. and he uh very like i immediately track this guy as being a weirdo when he asks jen to hand him a paper towel it's like don't talk to me that way in a bathroom that's weird and he's like oh you don't understand english okay and then he walks over and gets a paper towel and uh uh-oh Start speaking some fluent sounding Korean. Yeah. Jin is convinced. Yeah. Jumping else. Jin definitely Jin's has a double take. Ears perk up like a cat. Just heard something outside. <laughs> yeah, sure. And he's not being cool about speaking Korean. No. Because he's he doesn't. Being very scary about it. <laughs> he doesn't only speak Korean, he also works for Mr. Pat. Right. Who is 
son's scary, scary dad. Right. Son's scary dad who, remember, Jen is planning on running away from when they, when he gets to America. Right. But he's also been tasked with delivering a watch right. to someone in California. Right. And this creepy man who looks like one of the people pictured at the grassy knoll when JFK <laughs> was shot. Like yeah. he looks like he walked out of a 60s yeah. political assassination. Uh, threateningly anonymous. Yes. <laughs> like ex- like exactly how Jesse Ventura describes the CIA. Like yes. That's what this guy looks yeah. like. And the kind of guy who you could imagine works for a Korean millionaire. <laughs> yeah multinational corporation yeah the kind of guy who knows where to check for those job postings yeah and he's like better deliver that watch that's what you're gonna do it's like you can do whatever else you want but you better deliver that watch and i just remember being like "Ooh, what's up with that watch well i think he also says and then come doesn't he also say and then come back like he i don't i think the implication is he knows that pike knows that he's jen is planning to abscond with his daughter and so he's trying to scare him away from doing that and it's scary i sure hope he brought that watch on the raft with him oh well but he doesn't have it because there's another great scene is that this scene is that the next scene because michael gives him the watch yeah but that's and then then jen is like no you keep it that's that's later on okay i couldn't remember because first on the raft sawyer and michael have to bond over bob mark oh i love that that was nice too and yeah, because who doesn't like Bob Marley? Who doesn't like Bob and Marley. And here's the thing. Don't pretend you don't. I know people who are like, mm, white people in new dorms listening to Bob Marley. Sure. Man, there's a reason. I mean, yeah. Why everyone listens to a lot Bob of peop- Marley. A lot, a lot of people listen to Bob Marley. So, of course, a bunch of annoying people also. Yeah. And it's annoying when they do that. But that doesn't make Bob Marley bad. Bob Marley <laughs> is so good. Bob Marley rules. My God, he's so good. So, on the island... Hurley is very shook up about how that guy just blew up in front of him (laughs) and uh, very reasonably thinks it's a continuation of the curse. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He thinks it's his fault. He's like, I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) Meanwhile, Jack and Locke are unperturbed and have just moved on to trying to get another stick of dynamite out of there. I'd be like, next plan. (laughs) You know, Jack's like, there's a problem before me. Yeah. And this is, I guess, the problem that I have to tackle. I've, you know, Jack is a neurosurgeon. I think I would, he's the one I would trust the most with dynamite. Yes. I think. Because he's very used to handling delicate objects. Yeah, he, he should have a very steady hand. Right. One would hope. Famously. In fact, like, that was, like, his defining story in the pilot episode. Yeah. Meanwhile, Russo is trying to get Claire to let her hold the baby. Yeah. Yeah, Russo's at the... Which, I don't know how she thought that was going to be a success. Like, Russo looks so completely unhinged, and she's just standing in front of Claire like... Right. Give me the baby. Let me hold that delicious baby. Yeah. I mean, clearly Claire doesn't want to. And then Claire has a flashback. She sees some scratches on Russo's arm. Yeah. And she has a flashback to having given Russo those scratches when someone stole her baby. Yeah. So speaking of flashbacks, on Flashback Island, Charlie wakes up in a hotel room with some floozy in a poison shirt. (laughs) Who kind of just wants him for his heroin? Basically. Yeah. Like, she assaults him to get yeah. the last of his but, drugs. But 
doesn't give him up like a fucking hero. I mean, you know, he is a professional drug user. <laughs> and back on the island, oh no. Yeah. Someone has taken Claire's baby. Yeah. And everyone assumes it was Russo. Well, I think that's because everyone saw Russo <laughs> snatch the baby like a witch and flee <laughs> into the forest. <laughs> and Charlie punches Saeed and says it's his fault because he's the one who brought Russo to the camp. Yeah. And Saeed <laughs> seems mildly amused by getting punched by Charlie. Yeah, I really wanted one of those ow from Charlie yeah. where his hand hurts because like Saeed's just like, don't don't strike me again. Yeah, he's like, don't punch me again. You just don't want to do that. It's, <laughs> it's adorable. And so... <laughs> Lock, Jack, and Kate draw straws to see who's going to carry the dynamite. <laughs> because back Kate's to the like, beach. no, I'm going to do it. And it's like, why wouldn't everyone well, just do it? It's <laughs> that may well, but then then no one will, no one survives to tell the heroic <laughs> tale. Someone must make it well, back Hurley. to the caves and speak of our heroism. Notice Hurley isn't in the straw drawing. <laughs> True. Yeah. Hurley's like, I'm okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah I just like that they kind of treat it like everybody wants to like pay for the tab at the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, let me. No, please, let me. And it ends up being Locke and Kate. Locke and Kate win the drawing. Meanwhile, on the raft, we talked about this yes. a little already. Sawyer's reading all the notes. I love this. That the people this is on such the a island. Sawyer thing. Yeah. This is such a great Sawyer moment of him, because he read people's diaries yeah. and stuff. Like, ugh, I love it. And so, yeah, of course he's going to read, because everyone yeah. at one point, we didn't mention it earlier, but I think it's, is it Charlie who goes around gathering notes to put in a bottle? Yeah, to someone to people does. Back home, yeah. Someone. And yeah, we see that Sawyer has dumped that bottle out yeah. and is now I love it. reading everyone's notes. I also just like that Sawyer's a reader. I just find that a fun character trait for him. Yeah. He loves to read. Like it, and that is throughout the series. Yeah, it's usually what he's doing when people just like randomly approach him. Right, exactly. He's usually reading. I love it. Yeah, and yeah, he's got those fucking Frankenstein yes. glasses now yeah. that are like melded together from different prescriptions. God, this show fucking owns. So good. <laughs> so good. Yeah, this is where he says, "Who the hell is Hugo, and how does he have a hundred and sixty million dollars to leave his mom?" <laughs> it's a fun moment because uh, yeah, no one knows that his name is Hugo. He's only said Hurley. Yeah, and I, that that and that's like a callback to that great to the census episode where he's like, "My name's not Hurley." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I love the Michael and Walt flashback when they're at the airport and they're getting ready to get on a plane and Walt is being a real asshole. He's yeah. refusing to speak to Michael. And so Michael just goes and hops on the phone with his mom and is like, hey, will you take this fucking kid for me? This scene is tough. Yeah. This is a very tough scene. And she will not. No. And he's he, like, I can't handle it. He's very insistent. And like, and you just, you already know, like the whole time, you're like, he's saying way too much about this. And then, of course, he turns around, and Walt's right there. There's Walt. He's been listening. And then is that... No, the first the first flashback is the one that cuts to a very cute shot of them sleeping together, which I yes. like. 
But like their relationship has also come so far. Again, like that seemed that's the, the driving purpose of most of the flashbacks is just reminding us where people where everyone was and how far they've come and how far we've come. And in the midst of all that, we see Locke get wheeled past Michael and Walt. Yeah, in his wheelchair back on the island. Sawyer almost dies trying to save a part that falls off the boat while yes. Team Dynamite is about to embark upon their return journey. Yeah. A grip of dynamite. And he, he fucking, the rudder falls off and he dives in without hesitation. It's really yeah. a very brave moment. And Charlie and Saeed are out looking for Claire when, yes. yikes, Charlie finds a whole bunch of heroin. The Dark Territory, we finally found Oh, Dark Territory, that's what it was. Yeah, they had Because it's like Under Siege 2. Yeah, they had (laughs) (laughs) They had to go to the Black Rock, which was Under Siege Part 1. And then they also, to get there, had to cross through the Dark Territory. Yeah, because that was the subtitle for Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. And on their way back... Oh, yeah. To be continued. Lost. I think is... Is the bird the bird is I think right before the to be continued. It's when they're walking back. Which there's a bird. It's kind of a weirdly important lore thing. I don't know if you mentioned oh, it. I don't think I put it in the notes. I think it's in the it's either at the very end of part two or at the very beginning of part three, but they're walking through the forest and a bird flies out and it goes like hurly. Like oh yeah. It says Hurley's name. I don't really know what the deal is with that bird, but it comes up a couple times. And yeah. Hurley at some point mentions like there was like a bird and I think it said my name. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just I I feel like the lore nerds would probably be annoyed if we didn't mention the bird because it's very important. Sorry, lore nerds. <laughs> well, I'm one of them, so. <laughs> so, the third part of the finale starts with Team Dynamite still making their way through the dark territory. <laughs> Steven Seagal's there. He's making <laughs> weird moves with his hands. When they are confronted by the smoke monster, some sort of monster, some, something. Something starts ripping up trees from the roots, which is a cool image. Right. And unless it's coming towards well, you. Well, sure. In I, which case, you're still going to be like, that's kind of cool. Like, cool. Even as you run. die. Like, even as it kills you. <gasps> yeah. And everyone runs except Locke. Yeah. Seems like a risky decision. I mean, that's his thing. Again, acolyte. He gets knocked to the ground, and boy, does he look scurred. Yeah, I like this. I feel like this is an important moment for Locke because it's the first moment where he questions whether the magic of the island is a purely good force. Yes. And I think that's an important question for him to have because he's a little bit too positive on the island on as on the whole. And I think, and that's a, you know, that's a dangerous path not to talk about his whole arc. Right. He has all those thoughts while he is being violently dragged through the jungle (sighs) on a chain or a rope or by something. Well, it's all obscured by smoke, so we yes. can't really see what's what's dragging him. It's all leading to some sort of hole in the ground. Yeah, he gets pulled down a hole, and he's like, just let it take me. <laughs> well, I was like, hey, maybe that's that's one of the ways into that hatch you're trying to get into. Maybe, like... That's a thought. I mean, that's what... A lot of people thought that that was a big thing. I remember on the on the fan forums that that was a big theory. That was my thought was like Locke's got a point. Canary in a coal mine, Locke. But I think like what it actually 
later season spoilers, like what it actually would have been is it's like just Vince that the it like moves through. <laughs> I think it's yeah, literally just yeah. like underground tunnels. So instead of exploring that possibility, Jack just has Kate hurl a stick of dynamite in the hole. Right. Well, there's an it's an important moment because he's like Kate. Hand me some dynamite, and she starts to go through her bag because she and Locke were the two who were supposed to be carrying the dynamite. And he and Jack says, "No, it's in my bag. I actually put it in my bag instead." So Kate has to like put that aside for the moment <laughs> and and grab the dynamite and throw it in. Yeah, because they drew they, they drew straws. They drew Come straws, on, Jack. But Jack is a control freak. Sanctity of the straw. Because he has that moment later on where he's like, you know, everybody wants me to be the leader until they disagree with one of my decisions, which is, you know, fair, but also you drew straws. Yeah, like pick your battles, Jack. Yeah. Also, I was kind of amused that this entity that goes through the jungle tearing trees out of the roots and making big, loud, explodey mm-hmm. noises is like scared of dynamite like did the sound scare it like it makes those sounds i mean but i guess if you're the one making them it's not as scary but well there's a difference between it makes like howls did it hurt and machine noises (laughs) it It might have hurt it i mean again based on it's hard to tell based on the nature but no well here's the Mm. trying to decide how much to actually say. They should have hurled one of those They're, smokeless ashtrays that George Burns <laughs> used to push again, in the 80s. Remember, we don't know that it's actually a smoke monster right now. <laughs> Run it up the flagpole, see what happens. We do see some smoke that scatters in a weird way, but that's uh, that's all we got. But no, there is evidence later on, and this is what I'll say, that sound might actually be a deterrent for it. So, out on the raft, Michael and Jen are bonding, you know, kind of out of necessity. And yeah. I this, like another nice scene. Yeah. And this is the moment where Jen gives Michael the watch that he previously beat the shit out of Michael over. And, uh, yes. Great scene. Yeah. And Michael doesn't give it back to him. He keeps no, it. No, Michael right? gives it to Jen. He's like, hey, you should take this watch. This is your watch. Right. And then Jen's like, no, you keep it. It's yours. It's really nice. I like it a lot. And they don't obviously don't really say it with words, but how about that scene where Charlie and Saeed they're out on the hunt for Claire's baby. Right. Tracking Rousseau, trying to get the baby back. Yeah. Charlie falls into one of Rousseau's booby traps. <clears throat> Classic. And Saeed's like, You are too fucked up to carry on with this journey. Yeah. Uh he's just like, Hey, we should rest. Yeah. For a second, because we've not stopped moving. Right. And we're going to burn out. And Charlie's like, nah. Yeah. Like, we got to we gotta keep going, like in the movies. Yeah. And speaking of like in the movies, Saeed's like, all right, but uh, I'm going to have to fix up that wound of yours in some way. Right. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Yes. I love this. It's intense. Yeah. He, he's like, it's a doc, you know, you need, you need a doctor. I'm not a doctor. And he's like, you're a soldier. Do it like on the battlefield if someone gets <laughs> wounded. And so Saeed takes out a bullet. He takes out a bullet, opens it. Yeah. Which this is classic. This is a great move. Dumps the gunpowder into Charlie's wound uh-huh. and then lights it. Yeah. To cauterize the uh. wound rules it's really good and charlie screams yep. i bet it hurt 
Oh, <laughs> I bet it did. Don't you think? I bet it fucking hurt. <laughs> I bet there's no version of cauterizing a wound that doesn't hurt. Well, I mean, I think you're right. I've had a vein inside my nose cauterized twice Ouch. in my life, and it sucked both times. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like the sound of that one bit. And I'm not doing it anymore. Don't? Yeah, don't. So on Flashback Island, Hurley overs- overslept. Well, his his alarm, all the power in his room went out. Right. Because he, of an over, like a blown out co- in a power converter. And so he's maybe going to miss that flight. Yeah. Which would have, you know, actually been a stroke of good luck, obviously. Sure. To Hurley in this moment, missing that flight right. feels like it would be a continuation. But I feel like missing it would have been kind of disruptive for the show. Oh, sure. Because uh, then we'd have to be like, wait. So then why is Hurley on? (laughs) (laughs) And so I love watching him. It's a great. This is run through the airport like OJ Simpson in a Hertz commercial. Because, well, first he's got to try to drive there and like multiple tires go flat on the way. It's like a whole parade of bad luck for him. Yeah. And then he gets there and has multiple attacks on his size by this rude desk lady yeah she's she's an asshole yeah she's like you gotta buy two two seats and i don't think you're going to make it there but she said it in an australian accent yeah and uh he does though he makes the flight he does but only after paying an elderly guy sixteen hundred dollars yeah for his scooter i love how much hurley hates having money (laughs) yeah he just throws it away he he doesn't care he's like i want this please stop i i'm I'm done yeah (laughs) i don't need this money and he ends up he has to beg the gate attendant but she lets him on yeah she says this is your lucky day but she says it in australian yes back on the island oh and he picks her up and does a big bear hug yeah that's really nice cute back on the island kate hears hurley say the number 23 yeah this is a weird moment too the 23 her the others are fine or wait no wait there's not more in this scene it's just the twenty three thousand, right right yeah because he's been repeating the numbers over and over again because he's like kind of uh losing it a little bit after seeing a guy explode yeah and kate instead of being like hey what's up with all of those numbers you keep repeating yeah she's like hey i heard one 23 can oh, we talk? Can we just talk about that one? Is that a Michael Jordan thing? Twenty three thousand. That's how much the guy was going to get for me. Yeah, and that is the definition of a coincidence. That's just a. I mean, <laughs> that's just the writers being like, "Oh, we did this." And also, what a weird reward amount it is. Twenty three thousand it dollars. Uh, it's just funny. Like I, I think the other times that the numbers appear in the show, it's a lot less clunky i think that's the that's kind of them just reminding the audience that the numbers are a thing before the big ending yeah because there's a big one of the big twists at the end uh involves the numbers there's another argument between jack and Locke, another man of faith versus man of science but this is like the first one like they really have the talk this is the defining scene of their relationship basically this is where they just set it out they both say on the line like and jack and Locke is like this is why you're a you're a man of science and jack's like what are you i'm he's like i'm a man of faith and look the the season two premiere is called man of science man of faith this is 
one of the defining conflicts and like drama generators of the entire series. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, I think it's a great scene. It's so defining for the series. It's really good paired with the lock flashback that like immediately follows. Yeah, because it really that flashback really drives home. Like, of course, lock being able to walk again is going to be important to him anyway. But like there's this scene where he's trying to board the flight this is the flashback getting on the flight and they don't have the equipment they need to get him on the plane yeah and one of the flight attendants is like oh it's cool we can just carry him and Locke, is you can tell is like so humiliated so humiliating and the plane is packed when they carry him on yeah, like it's not even like normally they handle that shit first. Well, I think it, like his his section, I think, was still empty. But like, oh, yeah, yeah. There, he had to go past a bunch of people. And it was yeah, it, it's really humiliating. And it really drives home just what a low place he was in emotionally before the wreck and why, like not just the legs, but also the mystery is now a purpose like, which is something that he needed so much in his life and something that a lot of these people needed in their life was a purpose. And it turns out that their purpose is being on a weird island and figuring <laughs> out what's going on there. <laughs> Meanwhile, out on the raft, Michael and Sawyer are chopping it up about why Sawyer wants to die. Oh, yeah, that was good. It's, yeah, it's a good scene because Michael had also found Sawyer's gun when Sawyer jumped off the boat because he took it out of his pants oh, and right. put it in his shirt. And he's just kind of like, Loki gives it back to him. And yeah, and he realizes that Sawyer just like is putting himself on the line, trying to risk his life in order to give it meaning, I guess. In the midst of that argument, they hear a signal from yeah. somewhere. Well, they they can only run the... Saeed said to only run the radar for a certain amount of time. like every hour or whatever and so they run it and they get a ping and before we find out what that ping is yeah elsewhere charlie and saeed find the source of the black smoke and uh uh-oh it's just a bunch of wood burning on the beach tricked them right it's actually russo made that pillar of smoke right it's a good reveal but they do hear a baby yeah presumably claire's Mm-hmm. crying in the jungle somewhere. And Russo comes out with the baby crying about how she was going to trade it for her own kid. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that kid's probably dead. Or is she? Yeah, or 16 years older. Right. <laughs> and Charlie starts lecturing her about how there was never anyone coming. Yeah. He's, she's just crazy. Like, look, I know she just kidnapped a baby, but he is kind of mean to her. He's being very mean. <laughs> and I get that she just kidnapped a baby and okay, maybe she deserves it, but I felt bad. And she says- He the, calls her a loony. He does. He goes off and she says the others said they were coming for the boy. Yeah. I'm sure that's They didn't nothing. want the baby. They wanted the boy. <laughs> oh, we've also learned that the baby's name is Aaron. Wait, or is that later? Oh, that yeah. Later? I don't. Oh, I don't know if I put that in the notes. But we've at some point in the, in this finale. This is a very it's a, it's a three episode long finale. A lot of stuff happens. Uh, we've Claire uh, reveals that she's decided to name the baby Aaron. Right. Cool. Yeah, which is cool. It's cool. just kind of important for the future because yes. baby's kind of a character. <laughs> so back at the hatch. 
Jack and Locke are wiring up the dynamite to explode their way into the mystery hatch. And Kate and Jack argue about him being the one who carried the dynamite. Right. And I'm on Jack's side when he's like, I'm not going to let drawing straws make decisions like that. <laughs> like, we can draw straws if you want, but no, yeah. that's not. Which, you know, but also, that's not the right decision. I, I mean, like, it doesn't it really end up mattering because they're, they're all three main characters. <laughs> We're going to die. But, but in like, terms of importance to the island, yeah. Jack's the only doctor. That is true. Like that you is, you, you know don't what? Let the doctor it's carry actually, the dynamite. It's kind of funny that that didn't come up. Yeah, I feel it feels like maybe that should have been part of the decision making process instead. And then he's going against that by putting it in his own bag. Yeah, and then that's a little bit of a better conflict probably than about the drawing straws. Hey, people at Lost. Hey, go back us, in time. Hit us up. We got ideas for how to write your yeah. show. Go down to that well and turn back time and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he also points out that if they do manage to get inside the hatch, Locke is going to be a problem. Right. Because he's, he's he's realized that Locke has a greater loyalty to whatever he interprets as the magical will of the island than he does to the survivors. Right. Which is accurate. True. Even though that's, a, I think, a battle that will be fought within Locke for the entire series but yeah. it's definitely so you, you definitely got to keep your eye on Locke. <laughs> you sure do as they're about to set off the dynamite hurley sees his lottery numbers yes on the side of the hatch and Love starts it. screaming for them to stop yeah and yeah it's a great moment they they light the fuse he starts like trying to step on it to get it to stop mm. and doesn't stop boom goes the dynamite Boom goes the dynamite. Meanwhile, Team Raft is arguing about what to do about the object right. they picked up. They have on one radar. flare. They have one flare to use to signal whatever it is. They decide to use that flare. And whatever was on the radar starts coming back toward mm -hmm. them at an alarming pace. Well, but maybe a yeah, I like mean, a maybe a you know a hopeful pace yeah, oh because no, what if it's in, rescue? Right. But it seems like it's kind of a small boat for being out in the middle of the oceans on the on a trading current. And it's the season finale, so I imagine watching this live yeah. as it happened. But by this point, people would have known it was renewed for season two. I think right? so. I think by this point, so yeah. that would have taken some of the drama out. Sure, but also you're like, what's go? You know, obviously yeah. it's. I it, mean, yeah, but the scene is so well played, and again, this is another scene that is hugely iconic in just tv history yeah a boat approaches right no lights no lights but then it, it, they do turn lights and then on. they turn a really bright light on right at their faces so they can't see anything and as soon as they start celebrating yeah. you just kind of know yeah like uh -oh. well and like <laughs> the bright light it's just so it's also eerie but also like you're just like i i could i imagine i'm the first time watching it and just being like, I, you know, what is happening? It's so well done. And then they MC Ganey, the great MC Ganey, who is a character actor who I love as quote unquote, Mr. Friendly says that they're going to have to take the boy. Yeah. And then Michael's face is 
just immediately switches. He's just like, what are you, what? What are you saying? And then it's so fraught. Like, the, the fight is so good. They shut off the lights, which makes it it's such a clever thing, so they can't see right. because their eyes are adjusting. It's so good. Yeah. Sawyer fires a shot at one of them. Right. But Gets knocked into the water. Yeah. Even if he wasn't blinded. Yeah. He doesn't have his glasses on, so that's, he's not going to fucking well, but hit he, anyone. He, he's nearsighted. Oh, yeah. That's true. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then they Walt, take Walt. Walt gets kidnapped. And then Michael goes af- goes into the water after them and is just screaming Walt's name. And that's the end of his story in the first like that's it that's the end of their arc in the first season it's such a such a great little and the boat explodes and the boat explodes no no one knows what happened to Jin. sawyer's in the water michael's screaming for walt as he gets carried off by the real others yes the others said they are coming for the boy yep and And they they did they came for the boy it's good it's the way better cliffhanger of the two cliffhangers. And the episode mostly ends with just kind of one of those feel-good music montages, like Claire's reunited yeah. with her baby, and Charlie and Claire are hanging out, but also, uh-oh, Charlie's got one of the heroin dolls from yeah. the jungle in his stuff. Yeah, they, that was a good scene when they they found that the plane in the forest while they were looking for the baby. Yeah, there's... A montage of everyone boarding the plane. Yeah. The music gets a little more ominous. Oh, it's so good. And then that turns into a scene of Jack and Locke looking into the hatch. And it's Jack, Locke, and Kate, right? It's all three of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jack and Locke and Kate looking I into mean, the hatch. Again, another iconic image from and this now series. It's wide open. Yeah. And then they are looking down. And the camera just goes down, down, so down, far down, down, down. <laughs> Lost. I just admit that had to be the worst blue balls. Like, because you, yeah, you want to know what's inside that fucking hatch so bad. Yes, and to not have that be like knowing what's in there it makes sense because how are you ever gonna fit that into the end of the episode into a dramatically satisfying cliffhanger but it is yeah it's well done but yeah like knowing almost anything about what's in there would have almost made it worse it might have yeah but people wanted it because and, and th- this, there is such a rich story happening inside that absolutely, hatch. but like, but that what you just said, like the f- the fans wanting a certain thing out of the show, even though that thing would be less dramatically interesting than what actually happens. That is an ongoing tension throughout the series sure. that goes to the f- series finale and continues to now, where people people love to. Just say that the show like got bad and started to suck and like had a bad finale. And I disagree with all of these things. Yeah, I disagree with that. because you know it has its ups and downs. But I think overall, if you're willing to go with what it is, what they're trying, the story they're trying to tell, instead of and and again, I was on the message boards at the time, like. <laughs> I had my theories, you know, and like, you know, I had a certain way, but I was also always like excited to see what was actually going to happen. Yeah. And it seemed like 
this is one of those early times where the internet fandom felt possessive over the course of the story in a really major way that be- ended up becoming kind of a problem. Yeah, and you're right that that finale, when you realize you're not going to get any of your questions yeah. answered, yeah. It was It's an adjustment. It was a little jarring. I feel like it's it's a time where either you need to be and and I think they understand that it was probably not the right level of answering questions, whatever it was that they landed on. Yeah. Like they're they're kinda like, Yeah, I think maybe we need to do something a little different, maybe not it might have been too much of a tease even to do the, the really long down, down, down. But also having the others show up and kidnap Walt is a nice touch. It rules. Like, that at least... It's so scary. If And if nothing else, you at least come away from that, like, assured... Yeah. ...that there's more characters to come... Right. ...and more... There's more things happening than just yeah. these people being stuck and on And the island. others aren't just a figment of Russo's imagination. They actually... There actually are other people on the island. And right. Their motivations are totally opaque. Right. And will remain so for a large amount of the series, even as we start to meet them. Yeah. And that is another one of my favorite. I mean, they're tied into the science fiction stuff, but like that is, I love all the others and all of that. Yeah. I, I'm very excited to start watching season two. So good. So what good. a great show. I love this show. Even with my complaints about the season finale season finale i think it's great yeah it might be it might be my least favorite finale though yeah of this of this series because like the season two finale owns the season three finale is mind-blowing it yeah i mean that's huge the season four finale is great season five finale is great (laughs) and i love the series finale like i really think even though this is a well done finale it's still the weakest which is kind of crazy yeah, yeah, it could be. Season 5 finale fucking rules. It does, yeah. It's so good. The show is so good. I love it. I really do love it. <laughs> if it gets, an, I'm sorry if it gets annoying me saying that over and over <laughs> again, but I, it's just, ah, what a lovely show. I, I'm so happy to be back in that world. Yeah, but we have reached the end. We have. This is the end of season one. We are looking down the hatch. Thank you so much. Yes. For doing the pod with me. Thank you for everyone who, who listens. Absolutely. To the podcast. I mean, thanks for thanks for doing this pod with me. It's and thanks yeah, I love I'm loving that people are having a good time uh following along with us. And uh if you're just finding us through this podcast, hey, check out Conspiracy the Show. Yeah, yeah, because now it's gonna be in the public. This is uh this is yeah, this is the last uh this is the season one finale of yeah. the Lost Pod. So now it's gonna be public. Absolutely. Yeah. If you wanna listen to us talk about our adventures at the Pasadena Alien Con, <laughs> uh check out Conspiracy the Show. Yeah. That's actually all we talk about. We had <laughs> oh my God. such a time. Man, it was like I had a good time, but I don't know if I had that much of a good time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know what else we have to plug. We should just get out of here. Yeah. Olivia, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>